You're listening to The Big Show with George Russick and Matty Rose on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Boys are fired up in the <laughs> studio right now. The Doug Lacey Basement Systems downtown studio. Do you have cracks in your walls, floors, or ceilings? Visit dlbasementsystems.com for a free estimate. They are all things Basement D. I gave them like 90 seconds to talk WWE going into the break. And then, because the algorithm listens, I had a video pop up on my X feed. I think it's the first time I've ever called it X on the radio. Oh, But on my Twitter feed uh, of chaos. And SmackDown leading up to the 2001 Survivor Series. A little bit of everybody. Yeah. The Rock, Stone Cold, Undertaker, Kane. Shane McMahon flying Shane in with a chair. Shane McMahon flying chair. Booker T. Love it. Love it. A little nostalgia. I also learned that that was a, apparently a very big stakes pay-per-view back yeah. then. For all the marbles, I guess. Where would we be today? Oh, if WWF hadn't come through, who knows? Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> We go down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline to chat with our next guest. This is more relevant uh, to us as a whole. Connor McGahey joins us. He's the Avalanche Radio play-by-play voice. And your Broncos PA voice, if you're ever down in Denver checking out the uh, the Broncos games. Hello, Connor. It's been a while, my man. How are you? Good, fellas. And no easy segue from WWE to me. So don't, don't worry about it. That's not an easy one. I think you're a showman in the same sense as some of these superstars okay. in the WWE. All How right. about that? I, well, okay. You're very kind. I appreciate it. I accept. I accept. We've been playing some of the new Avalanche goal <laughs> calls because we love the uh, the names, oh, the nicknames that you give. Do you have any favorites this year so far? It's uh, it, it, it's funny because that's everyone's first question. Like, well, what are you going to do with Biles Foot scoring? <laughs> and so I, I I don't know. Like, we, we, we've got to the point. I don't know if we're on a Pixar theme because <laughs> – they call Miles Woody, obviously, and so basically, if you know, reach for the sky or somebody poison the water hole. <laughs> uh, there's a snake in my boot. Yes. So that, that's where we're at with Miles Wood. That's, uh, that's that's probably my favorite. And then very obscure in Finding Nemo, there's a little flounder, and uh, you know they're waiting for school to start with the kids. And so anytime Ryan Johansson scores, it's kids get out of Mr. Johansson's yard. So like I said, we're on a we're on, a Pixar, we're on a Pixar theme for whatever reason right now. That's a good theme to have. I, I do love a good Pixar film. I make sure I never miss one of the new ones. Uh, so I, I love that for you as well. But, hey, the Avalanche have also been playing very good hockey. What has been your overall impressions of the team this year? Because it's a group that got some talent at some budgets on the offseason, and mm. they've kind of continued on at, at the pace that they've been at the last couple of years. Yeah, and if you look a little bit closer, it's been more feast or famine, right? Because I, I, every single loss really has has been a bad loss. Um, Twelve and six this year, but uh, you're talking about three straight shutout losses uh, on the road, which um, has I mean, it's it, hard to imagine this team getting shut out. Period. Much less uh, three straight times away from home. Uh, this is right on the heels after winning 15 straight games. Um, on the road, which set an NHL record. Um, so a little bit of an identity crisis early on in the year. Um, the, the wins are usually a lot, and the losses are, are heartbreaking, either if they're, if they're 4 nothing to the Penguins in Buffalo or 7 nothing at Vegas. Uh, Last-second loss versus 
Seattle at home, last second loss in Nashville the other night. So it's kind of been feast or famine with this team, but you you have six new forwards uh, plugged into this group. And I don't think that there's any team that at least made the postseason last year in the national hockey league. That's had that type of turnover when it comes to their forward group. And so the, the adjustment period is long and anybody will tell you that. And, uh, you know, but they'll they'll put together great performances in a and a five two win over Vancouver at home the other night was was exhibit A for that. So uh the the trouble for, for Jared Bednar and his coaching staff has been a little bit of consistency and so let's see if they can do that tonight in Minnesota. Both uh both the Flames and Colorado will be on the second half of back to backs when they meet each other in tomorrow night. What did you make of how this team bounced back from that Nashville loss? I think a lot of people would have forgiven them if that kind of crushed you for a game or two, but they come out and put a five spot on the Canucks. How do you think that it kind of bounced back in that way? I mean, that's the impressive part, right? Because, I mean, my soul was still crushed, even even going into the Vancouver game. But <laughs> their ability to always look forward, like I said, they they come back and get a win after being shut out 7 nothing at Vegas, um, which, you know, for for us civilians is is definitely soul crushing and and we joke about that all the time at altitude Kyle Keith and I in particular say I I don't know how they do it because you know I I'm, I'm just uh, you know it, it's hard for us to to uh, to handle something like that but they do it beautifully which is why they're professionals but yeah I I think especially after how that happened you have a three two lead and then you end up losing four to three you don't even walk out of Nashville with a point. Um, that seems like a loss that would linger and hang around in your mind for a long time, but it didn't. I mean, really from the drop of the puck uh, versus Vancouver, even though they conceded the first goal again, um, it, it seemed to be that they were, they were dictating the game pretty much the entire time. So um, that, sh- that shows a-, a team that's been there and shows that even without a captain in the locker room, they have a leadership group that can, that can figure it out in, in any circumstance. You mentioned before that there's a few new faces in this lineup. One of those would be Ryan Johansson. Uh, aside from the ability to reference Finding Nemo, um, how, how, has he kinda, <laughs> how, how has he fit in for the, the abs so far this year? He has fit in beautifully. Absolutely beautifully. Um, it, pretty much nobody else can win draws except for Ryan Johansson. He's 56% career, and uh, that's about where he lurks. I mean, he's been in the 80s a couple games. Um, you know, he, he's he's out there for the most part uh, on power play one, uh, A, to win the draw, and, and two, I mean, he's got six goals on the year. And, you know, when we talked last time, I believe, I mean, we, nobody could talk about the avalanche last season in particular when you're not talking about who's going to play second-line center. And that's why when Chris McFarland had the opportunity to get Ryan Johansson from Nashville and get the Predators to pay half of his $8 million a year salary uh, for two years, that seemed like a no-brainer. Um, so on the ice, he's fitting great. Everyone always says that he's not the fastest, but he doesn't have to be because he's smart and his net front presence is, is what gives him the, the offensive production and obviously the ability to, like I said, be the only guy that's over 50% of, of any sort of number of draws taken on the year. But then in the room, it's, it's not easy to, to go into a new team and, and be liked, I don't think. But he's, he's, he's done that 
immediately. I mean, it was his idea on the mom's trip a couple of weeks ago to make the t-shirts for Josh Manson's mom, Lana, who passed away from cancer a couple of months ago. And so he used his apparel company to, to make the t-shirts for the players and the moms for the trip. And, and you know, he's, he's just keeping everybody loose. He's like Bo Byram in that instance. And, and uh, that's not easy to do. Um, if you've been around the team for a couple of years, much less when you've been around for a couple of months. So, I mean, he's absolutely fit like a glove here in Colorado. What about Jonathan Druen? Uh, I think a lot of people pulling for him to to kind of find it again after he was so uh, open and vulnerable about mental health issues, uh, getting a, a second crack at things here with Colorado. Five points in 16 games doesn't totally jump off the page, but how has he looked in an Avalanche jersey? Uh, he, he's he's looked good. I think you're absolutely right that everyone's rooting for him and they they understand the pressures that have come with with his circumstance and 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 not everybody can can deal with those pressures the same way um deserved or not and so um it was kind of a a no-brainer risk to take for colorado and uh, he had two points in about two minutes in that first period versus vancouver the other night uh by far his his best game with the avalanche but uh you know, his first goal was teed up by McKinnon. Of course, the two of them, former Halifax Mooseheads, winning the Memorial Cup together, and and pretty much the reason that he's selected third overall in that draft year. Um, his work ethic is 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 way up there, and he's had so many scoring chances and just has been a little bit unlucky. So to see that goal go in for him the other night, I mean, he pretty much got tackled on the ice when when the goal went in. So that tells you what the team thinks about Jonathan Druin too, and how much they want him to succeed as well. So um, again, not eye popping numbers yet, but it's not like he's looked totally out of place. He's had a pl- plenty of chances and uh, just hasn't been able to get it to go uh, with the frequency that I think he, that he'd like. The Calgary kid, Kale McCarr is on some sort of heater, eight games, 18 points, yeah. 16 assists over eight games, just a preposterous pace. What is the difference between how he started the year and how he's played over the last eight? Well, it's funny because you just turned around and you said, wait, what? Because, you know, obviously an off night for Kale McCarr is like two assists that you barely notice, and uh, and we get spoiled in that regard. But now you, you look, and if he gets one helper tonight, that's the most assists in the month of November in NHL history by a defenseman. I mean, one more than Ray Bork did with the, the Bruins once upon a time. So, um I mean, for Kale, it's just, I think it's, it's almost been settled because, you know, he was, he was getting some treatment in the off season and, and feeling good after being in and out of the lineup last year. And, and I think now once you get the body and the brain on the same page, I mean, obviously with a, with a talent uh, and a will like that, you can, you can pretty much do anything. So I think it was the, you know, settling in after a season of, of, uh, sort of getting fixed up and, and being ready and, and good to go. And, and clearly he is. Um, it's now uh, five straight multi-point games for the Avs defensemen. So that's that's not too shabby. Uh, it doesn't look like Gabriel Landeskog is going to be returning this season. April 2024 at the earliest is is kind of what I'm reading here. But I wanted to ask you about Arturi Lekkanen. What is kind of going on here with the injury situation with there? Because they do have a little bit of cap space as a result of him being on LTIR. Yeah, and and 
And first of all, that uh, just a, a scary incident into the end boards that, that yeah. could have been a lot worse. I know it's bad, but those are the ones that, um, you know, I, I, my initial reaction on air is always, oh, no, and I have to, you know, and, and that's exactly, I mean, we've unfortunately been around this game and at any level and, and, and seen it turn bad. So uh, the, the fact that, uh, that it could have been a lot worse is a good thing. Don't have an exact timeline on Arturi Lekkinen. Um, and when it comes to the lineup, I don't think, you know, nobody is more useful to every single situation. He's on the power play. He's on the penalty kill yeah. five on five. He's arguably one of the best forwards um, for Colorado. So uh, the, the timeline is, is not exact at the moment. Um, I mean, you can imagine what it could be, but, but yeah, I'm, I'm not sure what they do. I mean, the forward group is actually pretty solid right now. Uh, mm-hmm. you, you've had some some decent call-ups. Uh, Tufty, who uh, was signed from Dallas in the offseason, uh, he comes up in his fourth game the other night, gets the game winner versus Vancouver. Uh, I mean, he's a big body, uh, six foot six, and he's you know cruising atop the the scoring lead somewhere in the in the American Hockey League. So they're thinking that they they have enough internally where I don't think. Uh, it's necessary at this point to, to go spend more because at some point, Lekkonen's going to come back. You're going to have to make another move. And then if all goes according to plan, Landeskog comes back, and you might have to make another move with the, the existing lineup that you have now to accommodate that. So uh, I think internally the Avalanche are okay right now. Um, the, 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 the other new additions that we've talked about, Joe Hansen, Ross Colton, Miles mm-hmm. Wood, have really improved the depth scoring on this team, which doesn't make it a necessity to go out and try and look for a forward. It's just sort of in an emergency. So what you're saying, as we look for trade partners with the Flames for some of their potential UFAs, this $4.175 <laughs> million of cap space on cap friendly, that's a Fugazi. That's not going to be there. No, nope, probably not. Mm. Probably not. Hmm. Don't think so. Sorry to disappoint. On to the next, I guess. On to the next. <laughs> c'est la vie, as they say. Uh, incredible stuff. Tomorrow's going to be a fun game. How are you looking at this game with the Wild? It's always a fun matchup between these two Central Division foes, and the Wild usually have a little bit of rough and tumble to their game, too. Yeah, usually they're they're in a weird spot right now because this is the first game back uh, for them playing in the Global Series. Uh, in Sweden last weekend, a shootout loss versus the Sens, overtime loss versus the Leafs. Uh, and when we came back from Finland last year, uh, I mean, the, the adjustment period wasn't a couple days. I mean, I'm, I actually, maybe I'm not even fully adjusted from coming back after that, even, even to this day. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's always interesting. I remember that sort of slowed the avalanche pace, even though they beat Columbus in both of those games in Tampere last year. So, I will be fascinated to see how Minnesota does in their first game back after uh, after some international travel. And, and frankly, you know, both Flurry and Gustafsson have, have started nine games. Uh, they basically only have two wins apiece between the two of them or each. And so, yeah, Minnesota is is in a weird spot. And this is the this is the big year when it comes to the cap pit with the Ryan Suter and Zach Parise buyouts. So they're kind of stuck at the moment and I, I don't want to will it into existence, but we haven't exactly when it comes to the league conversation, been talking about Kirill Kaprizov uh, mm-hmm. at this moment, uh, you know, that, like we usually do. So 
Um, it is, uh, it, it's interesting. It, it usually has a little more bite to it. Um, but we'll see if that uh, bite shows up at any point tonight at XL Energy Center. Sounds good. We're looking forward to it. Uh, enjoy the game tomorrow night and enjoy the tilt in Minnesota today. Uh, always enjoy our chats. Enjoy it. So do I, fellas. Call anytime. I appreciate you very much. There you go. It's Connor McGahey, uh, the play-by-play voice of the Colorado Avalanche for Altitude. And uh, also the Broncos PA guy. Probably should have asked him about the Broncos, hey? Yeah, big one with Cleveland this weekend. Probably should have done that. They've been that. playing really good ball. Yeah, so, nah, nah, missed by the kid. Nah, 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 nah. Really good balls have been they're playing. They've been they're playing, playing winnable foot- ball. They're playing <laughs> football, and they happen to score more points than their opposition a couple of times. But they're not playing good. Is football. anybody? How many teams are playing really good football this year in the NFL? Uh, San Francisco is right now. Yep, but they mm-hmm. had us fell asleep there for three weeks. Yeah. Is Miami? Their defense has gotten better. Miami yeah. when they when they're not playing the a big good team, they're great. And when they're at home, they're great. Yeah. Baltimore, I'd say. Baltimore uh, had a couple speed wobbles there, but they're yeah. playing pretty good. Philly's the best team overall record wise, but they mm-hmm. maybe have not looked the cleanest in their wins. Uh, Baltimore. How about them Cowboys? Okay, Cowboys no. look like <laughs> world beaters at home, but then look like utter crap and against bad teams. against good teams. Like yeah. The Miami Dolphins. Yep. That's a crapshoot. I don't, I don't know if there's a be, really good team this year. No. Like, I put, a, I, I put a futures bet on the 49ers after like five weeks, and I was like, this is a lock. Like, I don't even know why we're bothering with the other 15 yeah. weeks here. and then Or the other 12 or whatever it is. There's just so much can happen, and the injuries this year have been so, like, just, uh, they're bad yeah. every year, but just this year it just feels a lot more dramatic. There was a dramatic. couple of weeks that I could have cashed that out at more than my bet, and now that is not the case. No. That is not how it works anymore. No, they're probably like a top three fave right now. They're plus 425, because I, I I looked. <laughs> in the middle of that game, I was like, oh, this is the so best team in the league. Second favorite? And then, uh, yeah. yeah. Behind plus, who? Plus Philly. 425 behind Philly. Hmm. Notable. I do love me some NFL. But oh, tonight, so Flames Stars, 6.30 start. Uh, I'm looking forward to this one. Although yeah. I'm probably going to have to watch it tomorrow because I'm going to the Blue Ball tonight. Mm. Oh, that's right. In support of the Calgary Prostate Cancer Center. I'm going to watch some comedians. Yeah. I'm really looking forward you to gonna it. you going to sit front row again? No, no. definitely not. <laughs> that sounds like my nightmare. Yeah, being singled out by back. a comedian. And last year, there was... Um, Ian Bag was there, who is very funny, and his thing is he mostly does crowd work. Mm. So yeah, it was uh, yeah. Me, I was sitting with Steinberg, and he gave us the gears. Oh, I bet. Yes, especially <laughs> when he realized that we were the two guys from the sports station that interviewed him, and that we both looked the way that we do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was <laughs> took that one in the teeth. Yeah. Picking up chiclets for the rest of the night. Yeah, yeah, kicked them right out of the mouth. But tonight, stars, yes. flames. We don't know who the starting goalie is going to be. They had a little bit of a skate yesterday, but the the big thing that the Flames did yesterday was have Thanksgiving at Blake Coleman's parents' house yeah. with like 60 people, <laughs> uh, which looked like a lot of fun. And now he gets to play at, uh, in his hometown. Flames, 5-0 and oh in their last tri- uh, five trips to Dallas. Significant. Yes. It's I wonder really if Connor Zary is back. Yeah. I hope so. That that would be a nice boost for this team, I think, because his, his absence was noticeable in that last game. Yeah, it would be good to have him back on that line with Pospisil and with Kadri. Are you expect any other line changes, anything like that? Like, I wonder if Dennis Gilbert's going to go again or if they uh, do go to a DeSimone with Zadorov, or if they try and give Gilbert a little bit of runway here, but I don't know if that's going to move the needle a whole lot as far as wins and losses go. 
Yeah, him getting into that scrap seems like something that teams like reward. You know, like oh hey, yeah. you tried to spark the boys. Let's uh, l- let's give you another one. So maybe they they uh, shuffled the deck chairs on that fourth line one more time. Um, I don't know if I, any of them were absolutely undeniable that you had to not play them. Like I mean, you're going to have to make some kind of a move if Zari is coming back. But I think you, you stick with the three lines that have kind of been working for you the last little bit. Most goals from team rookies this season, the Flames have seven. Tied for third in the NHL behind the Blackhawks and behind the Bruins. Connors Arias had an outstanding start to his year, and uh, if he could carry that on, that would be pretty cool to see. Yeah. Um, Looking forward to it. 6.30. 5.30 is when our pregame is going to get going. Wonder if the lines are going to stay the same, but... I would... I think you should keep... Again, depending on who's healthy... Um, I, I think you should probably kind of keep those things the same and try to get a bit of continuity because it has, for the most part, been working. Yes, for the most part. I didn't think anybody really popped in that last game, but I wonder if you almost get a little bit of playing guilty here Yeah. Uh, in this game here tonight. Uh, 6.30, tomorrow's going to be an 8 o'clock start as the back-to-back, or the second half of the doubleheader on uh, Hockey Night there. Going to be good. All right, uh, we'll take a break. Around the corner, Matt Devlin's going to join us. We're going to talk a little bit of NFL before or NBA, pardon me, before we get out of here for the week. Uh, I might have time to play a couple more clips for you. Oh, nice. We're definitely going to start with the Coach Pop stuff with Matt Devlin, so I'll <laughs> tell you that for sure off the top. And uh, then after that, bloopers. And then we're going to get out of here. We're that close to the end of the week. Oh, yeah. Salute. Cheers. Power on. Sports at 960 The Fan. Welcome back to the program, Sportsnet 960, The Fan, The Big Show. No George Russick, he'll be back next week. My name's Mandy Rose, he's Peter Klein, he's Patty Duma, he's GVP in the other room. Hour two of The Big Show, wherever you get your podcast, Apple, Spotify, Google, it is up now. Had a lot of fun in hour number two. Wrapping it up, we got bloopers coming up, we got our plays of the week coming up for the end of the week. End of the week, say it one more time, just because. Matt Devlin joins us in mere moments here, quickly, um... Rick Bonus back with the Winnipeg Jets. Yes, he is. He uh, showed up uh, this yeah. morning to uh, to greet the boys. Uh, he's been out for about three weeks now. Yeah, almost a month actually. Yeah, was away. Uh, yeah. His wife had a medical issue, so yeah. he's away with the team for a little while. But great to see him back because uh, you know that probably means things are are turning the yes. corner there away from the team. So uh, excellent. Uh, a huge fan of Rick Bonus ever since that Flames <clears throat> Star series. Man, I'm a huge fan of that guy. Yeah. Um. Let's go down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. Don't want to leave our guest waiting any longer. Matt Devlin, Raptors play-by-play for Sportsnet, joins us. Good morning, Matt. How are you doing today? Good morning. How are you? We are doing very well, very well. No complaints. We have an inter- uh, in-season tournament game uh, coming up, an, an exciting one. I guess overall, what is what have you made of these in-season tournament games? Have they felt like they have more cachet? Definitely. Um, and, and to be fair, at the beginning of the year, I was definitely in a wait and see mode, right? I wanted to see it before I believe it. And it was, I, I thought, pulled off exceptionally well. There's obviously going to be tweaks, I believe, as this kind of moves on. The Raptors are in a really tough spot. I mean, they're going to need an immense amount of help from others and uh, to get potentially a wild card spot. So the even though tonight's game is an in-season tournament game, uh, the chances of getting through to Vegas at this stage are going to be tough because Raptors are 0-2. But 
when you look at it in its totality across the league, it has added without question uh, some intensity and some early season kind of juice to what would be a regular Tuesday night game in the league. And, and so I like it. Now, I think the courts uh, in some situations need to be uh, addressed just from the standpoint of how they come across on television. Right. And, and then they've had some court issues. There's been multiple courts. Dallas didn't use their court because it was too slippery. Mm -hmm. Uh, There are comments made about the Raptors court that is a little bit slippery with the paint. And then we were in Orlando. There was some of the paint that was actually peeling off of the court. So there's, you know, some little things uh, that I'm sure will be addressed, but overall, I think it's accomplished what it, you know, wanted to accomplish. And, And that is this, that, Uh, When you look at the NBA, it's discussed 365 days, 24-7, as you know. Um, And how do you, though, at the early part of the season, outside of the first week of basketball, in the month of November, early December, when college football and the NFL and in certain parts of the United States are really – you know, at that extent of, you know, everybody is feverish about what is, you know, happening on a Saturday or a Sunday. How do you get some of those markets engaged? And I think that this is accomplishing that. And um, I'm a I'm a fan of it. And I think it's here to stay. And I think they'll adjust, to, you know, a couple of things and um, it'll be even better. You mentioned the courts and how some of them haven't translated well to TV. Can you mention which ones that might be, just so our listeners might be able to go take a peek at what some yeah, of these look well, like? Because some of them yeah, are incredible. Well, you know, yeah, you know, so I think the idea was that as you were flipping around the TV, you could see, oh, this game is different. So there were actual red basketball courts. There were navy blue basketball courts. The Raptors court has gold and black, but because the Raptors wear gold jerseys, you know, you still pop out of it, right? Where there were some of the courts, the combination of the uniforms would be, let's say a red court and they're wearing a red uniform. And Mm. all of a sudden that kind of gets lost or they were wearing a black uniform and it just, you know, with red numbers and it didn't, you know, necessarily translate from, just watching it. I, I think that that will be adjusted, you know, for next year, uh, just based upon, you know, uh, how some of that has been received, but the overall, you know, you talk to the players, they, they, they like it, right. They're, they're like, okay, this is, you know, this is really fun. Now, what does it do? It gives you a window. It's December 2nd through roughly the ninth, 10th, where there are no games scheduled. So the Raptors, if they do not end up in Vegas and the chances of ending up there are are slim at this point, but they would uh, here shortly get the word that, okay, on December 6th and 8th, there will be regular season games. Um, And so one would be home, one would be road. And so you don't have that right now, that information of, okay, hey, who you're going to play. Uh, in the regular season. So we'll kind of see how that, you know, plays out as well. For the Raptors coming off of a a wild one against the Indiana Pacers. And while I've never played at a a professional level, I would suggest if they could just simply score 132 points a night, things could go (laughs) really well for them. Uh, What did you make of that wild one against the the Pacers a couple of nights ago? 
It, well, look, there were two impressive things on Tuesday and, and Wednesday. The Raptors on Tuesday night, they lost to Orlando, and I was impressed by Orlando with a young group, one of the youngest in the league. They are dialed in defensively, and they play physical. And the Raptors, you know, they lose that game after starting uh, that game hot. All of a sudden, Orlando responds. Raptors lose that game. They get to Indiana at 2.33 in the morning. Uh, and then they play Wednesday night against a team that was also on the second night of a back-to-back, having won the night before Indiana, putting up 157 points in regulation. And so they're a team that wants to be offensive. And, and what player doesn't want to play in a game like that? Same thing in hockey, right? You know, teams get up and down. Let's put, you know, let's put up some shots and, and see if they go in. And But the Raptors in that, we're getting, and it's always, and I mentioned this the other night, you know, make shots and get critical stops. And they were able to get critical stops against a dangerous Indiana team led by Tyrese Halliburton, who's going to be, you know, an all-star again this year, uh, leads the league uh, in assists, but not only assists, you know, he could put up 30 in the blink of an eye. But the Raptors, their approach was different because the ball was in Pascal's hands more than it was the night prior. And when they play through him, good things happen, right? They're, they're yeah. a team that when you look at the wins, when he's averaging 18 or more shots a game, the rap, that's what he does in the wins, right? When the Raptors are in their losses, uh, he's averaging 13 shots a game. So what is that? You know, well, you know, he needs to, you know, maybe have the ball in his hands a little bit more. And I do think that Scotty and Pascal can play together and there's room for all of this. Uh, it's just figuring things out here through the first 20 games of the season with a new head coach, new offense, new defense. And, and it takes it takes time. And a, a new point guard as well, with Dennis Schroeder being yeah. the, the one kind of distributing out there. How, how do you think he's fit in in the first dozen games so far this year? Well, he's, he's been in, impactful for sure. You know, when you look at four consecutive games at 20 plus, I, you know, I think that, you know, what happened the other night was really beneficial because he shot the three. Well, he can get to the rim in a blink of an eye. Uh, the ability to knock down three point shots is key because that provides spacing that the Raptors need when you have a player like Pascal who loves to operate going downhill, right? Attacking the rim, loves to operate on the block. And so when he attracts a double in the paint, then that opens things up. And when you have somebody like Dennis, who you can kick it to and he can knock down a shot, uh, that's important. And and then I'll, I'll add Malachi Flynn, who, you know, he's had games before, you know, where he scored more points than he did on Wednesday. But that was his best game as a Toronto Raptor. I mean, he played really well. And Darko has utilized both Dennis and Malachi in the backcourt together uh, at times, and that has worked out. And so for me, the way he played and his ability uh, to knock down a three is really important for the Raptors. They, you know, they're 28th in the league a season ago in three-point shooting. 
and they started out that way as well this year. And they just need to get to what the NBA average is. And if you get to the NBA average, then the Raptors are going to win more games, and and they're, you know, it, it's just going to their offense is going to click a little bit more. Uh, I want to ask about um, your calls. Uh, whenever there's a, a deep three or a three-pointer at some points in the game, you'll reference a, a Canadian city. Um, and it like it works because anytime my parents are listening from Saskatchewan and you reference anywhere in Saskatchewan, I'll get a text. I said Saskatoon. Um, how We love the Winkler shout-out, by the way, yes. early on in the season okay. for our boy Brent Cron. Yeah. That was amazing. I, I did get Winkler in, didn't I? Yes. First three of the season. We loved it. Yeah. So I want to know how, like, is there a, do you have a Canadian city list in front of you? Do you just off the top of your head? Yeah. Flynn Flon, let's go with it. Like how, how does the, how do the Canadian names come up? Is there a lot of prep that goes into it? What, what, what gets you to whatever city you name when Fred Van Vliet or in the past or now like a Siakam hits a, a three pointer? Well, it it's, it's nearly as simple as, you guys asking, hey, can you could you get a shout out for Winkler? <laughs> <laughs> so, so you know, through the years, people through social media or you run into them at the arena, um, and they'll ask. And so, uh, I'll just go back to you know my broadcast area, and I'll write down the the city or the town that they asked me to to shout out and. A lot of times before games on social media, people say, hey, can I get a shout out here, there, whatever. And so that's that's kind of it. Uh, there, There's only been one time uh, that I went into a game where I said, okay, this is what I want to do tonight, and these are the cities. And that was game one of the NBA Finals in 2019. And... I said, I'm going to shout out the capitals of the provinces and territories. Awesome. And, nice. and it wasn't in any specific order. Mm-hmm. And it just so happened that the Raptors made 13 that night, right? Oh, so I don't know oh. what would have happened either way. Uh, but it just, that was really the only time. Then game two, I started with, you know, shouting out some of the towns that all the, Canadian players that are from the NBA grew up in. Um, but other than really those two times, there there isn't a master plan or a map in front of me or a list of cities. Uh, uh, you know, people will mention at the arena or I'll run into somebody on the street. And, and what's happened over the years, too, is uh, Jack or Leo or Alvin or you know, a lot of other, you know, different uh, broadcasters will come up to me and say, hey, so I ran into so-and-so and they asked, would you mind mentioning to Matt, can you shout out a city? And so that's that's huh. where it, that's where it goes. Raptors, Bulls, 530 here in Calgary. It's on the other network. Nuggets and Rockets, though, on Sportsnet <laughs> 1. Pelicans and Clippers at Sportsnet 1 as well. 6 o'clock and 830 for those two. Matt, I wanted to ask you about something that we saw earlier on this week. Uh, because it was one of the stranger things that I have seen in sports overall and definitely in basketball. I just want to play a little clip for our listeners in case they haven't heard it. But, uh, yeah, Coach Pop, Coach Popovich down in San Antonio addressed the crowd in-game while Kawhi Leonard was taking free throws. Excuse me for a second. Pop's on the mic. stop all the booing let these guys play? It's not class. It's not who we are. Knock off the booing. 
I'd never seen anything like it. What was your reaction? What would you have said if you were calling that game? Well, I've seen it before at the collegiate level in the U.S. Uh, Mike Krzyzewski, the head coach of Duke, I know he's gotten on uh, the uh, PA system before. There have been a few situations in the U.S. during college games, depending upon different situations that have happened throughout the course of the game. My memory serves me right, involving fans and coaches have gotten on the microphone, have gotten on the public address system and have spoken to the fans. It's interesting because Pop then after the game said, well, I just didn't want to, you know, poke the bear, not him, but I didn't want this situation to poke the bear. And then when asked further about that, he said, well, everybody knows what it means, meaning that, you know, this would fuel, the booing would fuel Kawhi. But that's a little bit different than what he said when he grabbed the microphone. And I think what was interesting was the response of everybody in the arena, which was, hey, we're booing now even harder, right? Yeah. And then I had somebody say, well, was that really his true intent, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, to get there, knowing and, and you're like, you know, Pop, you could see it either way with him, yeah, right? Yeah, you know, 100%, where, 100%. You know, because, you know, he's certainly smart enough to know that, yeah, you can scold them and say, oh, don't do this. But then, of course, the response is going to be even greater, right? So, um, but, you know, at the end of the day, as we know today, and specifically in, in professional sports, it's it's understandable when you pay your hard-earned dollars, as long as we're not talking about you know profanity and mm-hmm. you know specifically uh saying certain things to players uh that um you know you have that ability it's in in today's day and age you know booing um you know is something that has been going on for quite some time right so mm-hmm. I, I found it interesting that he decided to do it and then you know, as, as somebody pointed out to me, as I just said, you know, you like, you know, you never know what pop, like, did he, did he want even more, you know, uh, the response knowing that if he said stop, that it would create, but I, I don't know if that was his intent. Um, <laughs> a little, I, I don't know. You know, I look at it. It's odd in a professional game. A little you know, reverse I, I, psychology on the fans. Like they're like yeah. nine-year-old children. You're trying to get them to eat their Brussels sprouts. <laughs> like, yeah. now. <laughs> I love the idea of that. That is hilarious. Uh, Maddie, I hope you got to enjoy a little bit of American Thanksgiving yesterday. We've enjoyed the chat. Enjoy the weekend of Raptors action. And we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks for taking the time. Appreciate it. Have a great day. There you go. Matt Devlin, play-by-play voice of your Toronto Raptors. I had never considered that that might be like so like Just a galaxy jo- brain move by Pop. I joked and about he like, it, he's I'm a, like yeah. I've joked about like how it sounds like a heel manager where it's like oh you, what are you guys doing for and yeah. it just gets the crowd to boo more. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. I, I'm going to believe that now. I I I will believe nothing else. Yeah, I think we got to go with that, right? Uh, you guys better not throw anything. Yeah. <laughs> You guys better not slash the tires of their bus. <laughs> you better not. Yeah. You better not. I just I think back to when like Vince Carter came back to the Air Canada Center after demanding a trade to the the Nets. Like if if any of the coaches then, because I went through like nine after that, if any of the coaches then, hey, guys, stop booing, they would have burned the rink down. Like 
I always think about how this would work in other sports. Mm. Like if Daryl Sutter went across to the penalty box last year and was like, hey, stop booing Johnny Gaudreau. <laughs> yeah. Cut it out. Yeah. Nice boy. Probably, probably wouldn't have gone over very well. I think that they probably the fans probably would have booed harder. Actually, oh, yeah, believe yeah. It or not, I think yeah. it would have. Don't tell the fans what to do because no. they're just gonna they're it's just gonna continue a, to do it. That's not a good lane to get in if you uh, are a professional athlete or in professional sports. The only time where it would have been justified, and this is like super topical reference, but when Reggie Miller was like roasting the Knicks, like if uh, Jeff Van Gundy would have just gone on the mic, like, "Hey, Spike, you want to stop? You see, you, you want to keep going." Points in like a second. <laughs> Look what Can he's you stop? doing. Look what he's doing. I have a family. Stop it. Excuse me for a second. Pops. <laughs> Pops on the mic. Pops on we the mic. <laughs> The play-by-play guy oh, almost almost spits it out like he's like I'm being interrupted. Oh, pops, <laughs> pops on the mic. On the mic. Oh, pops on the mic. Screw again. me then. Yeah. yeah. Oh, great. Here we go. Excuse me for a second. Pops Can on we the stop mic. Stop all the booing. Let these guys play. It's got no class. It's not who we are. Knock off the booing. Also, did they never boo in San Antonio before this? It's been a lot of good basketball. They've had a lot to cheer about. A lot of winning in San Antonio. But they don't even. They were booing the opposition. <laughs> they yeah. weren't. They weren't booing yeah. a spur. Yeah. This is. This isn't Ooh, like you were booing your own team. It's not like Once it's, it's a spur, not like it's always a spur. It's not like it's Tim Duncan or David Robinson, <laughs> or even Tony Parker or yeah. Manu Ginobili. Yeah, yeah. They never had any of those like hot rod superstars. It's not like you have like James Harden out there. You got the yeah. Admiral yeah. David Robinson, <laughs> Kawhi Leonard, me. the quietest guy ever. <laughs> Boo, Rashomonovich going back to the free throw line. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How dare you? Excuse me for a second. Yeah, okay. I'm telling the fans to lay off Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> lay off a Kawhi Leonard. Also, Kawhi is devoid of all human emotions. Yeah, so he doesn't know what's happening. He, he, probably not he even doesn't listening. have to be worried about the, the fans' uh, program and his. Oh, program. is that what booing is? Yeah. <laughs> hey, guys, we've had a really fun week here as we uh, start to wrap things up. Uh, we've had a lot of good chats. We got into today uh, Tony Romo's love of Dolly Parton. <laughs> yep. What do you think we're gonna see? I mean, she looks happen? amazing. Right? <laughs> you, know, I mean, you never know what's gonna wonderful. happen here. She's wonderful. <laughs> we had obviously Pop. Excuse me for a second. We had the uh, Nashville player who <laughs> <laughs> just could not believe that Markstrom stopped him. <laughs> <laughs> Just so mad about it. Uh, we, we had a mic on Jonathan Huberto early on in the season. He <laughs> misses on a break, and he's just like, no! Bad Come on! Bad One of his backhand passes, no look, turned over in back of the net. Mm-hmm. We also had this. As puzzled Carolina players watched. <laughs> After the Oilers <laughs> debacle in Carolina. I also got into it with someone online about how we're giving it to the Oilers. How dare we? As puzzled Carolina players watched. Yeah, we were all puzzled watching them slide <laughs> yeah. all over the ice. And What was it there? Um, collectively... Spurred on by a great third period where they scored a goal. <laughs> An errant puck shot by Philip Broberg ricocheted off the crossbar and hit Nurse in the face. They cleaned up the cut. <laughs> I think this is the one you're looking for. The Oilers will now try to build off a dominant third period in which they scored a goal. (laughs) (laughs) 
Hey, you can watch the Oilers early today. One o'clock to take on the Washington Capitals. The Oilers are struggling. The Caps have won five in a row. Later on tonight, Flames and the Stars. This will be on Sportsnet West, Ontario and East. It'll be right here on Sportsnet 960. We'll have your pregame at 530. Steinberg will get you all prepped for this one. You're actually... Doing a little stars prep after 9 o'clock? Yeah, we're going to go talk with Owen Newkirk, our uh, stars friend, our uh, radio host for the ticket down in Fort Worth there. The Dallas Steinberg? Yes. That's what you're trying to tell <laughs> yes, me? the He's Dallas Steinberg. The Dallas Steinberg. He he probably does a little more than Steinberg, too. He does the FC, FC stuff, Dallas, too. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, FC Dallas. I don't want to say that he does more than our boy Pat, but... He's not just Pat, hockey. Pat, Pat doesn't work with cavalry, so... No. And those are the same. Yeah. Cavalry and... FC. Equivalent, yes. yes. Yeah. Uh, Jack Del Rio got fired. Oh, yes. yes. Uh, D.C. and Washington. So that well, checks it, out. Gave up 45 on national uh, television. First, fired their DB coach as well. Yeah, uh, Ron Rivera is going to start, uh, we'll call it defense plays. Uh, his He's first game against the Dolphins. Riverboat oh, <laughs> I would have let, let him hang out to dry for another week. Uh, Jack, you can take <laughs> one more for me. Yeah. <laughs> I like that they can, they traded their two top defensive players, then can Del Rio. <laughs> After they got rung up 45, after they traded their best two defensive ends. Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? How can you no, not no, stop no, this Cowboys keep, offense? Just keep trotting Ben St. Juice out there, and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll hey, see what happens. I know he's Canadian. CanCon. I know. I will not hear any slander oh, on Ben St. Juice. He's not good. He's not good. <laughs> what voice was that? I'm just, he's not good. That's just me doing a voice. I thought that was a Star Wars thing for sure. Yeah, I don't know what that was. Uh, that was an uh, interesting just, character. He just, yeah. Mm. He's not good. All right. Well, thanks for coming in, PK. Yeah, no problem. See thanks you, for having me. See you around, I guess. Yeah, I'm, I think I'm back here in like a month. Oh, great. Oh, there we go. Uh, is George taking more time off? I have no it's idea. for you and George. Oh, we're both off. Yeah, you're both off. Oh, great. Okay, yeah. well, see you then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> have a great weekend, everybody. Enjoy it. We'll talk to you soon. Make sure to save lots of money on Black Friday. Bye-bye. This is the best of the worst of the big show with Russick and Rose. How <laughs> about them flames? Holds it. I'm going to do it. Holds it. Ah, holds it. Holds it. Holds it. And then fires it. Let them cook, as the kids say. Bang, bang, bang. Touchdown. Your Pokemon is evolving. And then fires it. As soon as you start with, with all due respect, Someone's about to be disrespected. Oh, I said with all due respect. That, no, that doesn't mean you get to say whatever you want to say to me. Sure, sure as heck does. No, no, it doesn't it's mean that. It's in the Geneva Convention. Look at us. Normally, I could be blacked out in a hotel conference room right now with hundred of my closest CFL fans. Love it. I'm five five beers deep. Are you trying to get punched in the face? And I'm not really a horn guy. The the, the cojones <laughs> to pull that off is unbelievable. Yes, sir. Or, or Oh, my God. Uh, I mean, I walked into that bar and any girl that didn't like me in high school, I just started staring right, staring right at him. Yeah. Like, hey, yeah, how you doing now, Barbara? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, what did you do for Thanksgiving? Oh, okay, you got to Oh, it's nice. No, I couldn't be home, unfortunately. I start for the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, it's kind of a bummer. Yeah. That ah! was the big one. On the pen. It's the other kid in the box. Yeah, the other kid's in the box. Yeah. He held him. Yes. Yeah, it was the back checker. <laughs> you go high, we got a penalty. Is it wrong that I want him to swear? Stomach of Markstrom. Ah. Oh, there we go. <laughs> it's only a matter of time. Okay, we uh, let's, let's just kill the feed I'm from just Nashville. Turn Why don't we this just down a little bit? <laughs> Apologies for that. Cram it up your pie hole, the floor. <laughs> oh, the big show with George Russick and Maddie Rose weekdays when you wake up.